This is WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio from USM. In the Pocket, a show where BIPOC, Black, Indigenous, people of color, creatives, artists, and culturists come together and talk about their inspirations, share their narrative, and explore culture. You are listening to In the Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards, and our guest today is Nikiza Hopeland. She is the owner of Nikiza Naturals. Please introduce yourself. My name is Nikiza Hopeland. I was born in Washington, D.C., but I spent every summer of my life up here in Maine. And I'm also Lebanese on my mother's side, so, you know, there's the Lebanese population in Waterville, so I'm, Maine feels like a second home to me. Um, I go to Skidmore College in upstate New York. I'm majoring in environmental studies, and I'm minoring in both business and English. And I'm the founder of Nikisa Naturals, which is a small business um, that sells all-natural, organic, eco-friendly, cruelty-free cosmetics, skincare products, and hair care products. And I'm 20 years old. And... um, Nikisa Naturals has been, I founded it originally about a year ago, so it's still a baby, um, but it's been a journey, and I'm loving it so far. Awesome, thank you. Um, what was your inspiration for starting this line? Yeah, um, I've always been really passionate about the environment, but I'm also really passionate about makeup and I was starting to really realize that the makeup industry and being sustainable don't really go hand in hand. Um, I also, as an environmental studies major, I know that just environmental issues, climate change, that whole industry is really dominated by white people. Um, And so I have this huge passion for sustainability. Um, And I think that in order to achieve sustainability, you have to focus on environmental sustainability as well as social sustainability, like um, civil rights and things like that. And so I kind of wanted to create a platform where I could make space for myself and other um, BIPOC in the environmental studies science industry area. Um, And then I also wanted to create a platform where I also advocated for social sustainability because, you know, in order to achieve environmental sustainability, you also have to achieve social sustainability. And I could go fully into that, but I won't. Um, And I just feel like not enough people are talking about the social side of sustainability and how minorities are really the ones receiving the full effects of climate change right now. And so I kind of wanted to create a brand that was really intersectional and kind of touched on all of those things. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, tell me more how uh, marginalized people, um, I like to use that instead of minorities, because people of color actually outnumber non-melanated people worldwide. Uh, But so marginalized people, how are they getting the effects of global warming? That's fascinating. Okay, yeah. So, um... Right now, global warming has having the biggest effects further south. Um, and I attended this speech on it a few months ago, but there is this great migration beginning. And so, um, and typically like people from 
the Caribbean islands or um, the Maldives, Maldives, I don't know how to pronounce it, um, but they're going to be slowly migrating north because, you know, it's warming up and it's getting too hot and islands are sinking and species are going endangered or extinct and so it's getting even harder to live in those areas where marginalized people are already having issues, if that makes sense. Um, and then also just if we talk about like environmental justice, um, here in the state specifically, trash incinerators, which can be very hazardous to your health, um, which causes a lot of asthma in young kids. I have asthma, <laughs> um, and that's been, has really affected my life growing up. Um, and so trash incinerators are typically found in black communities because they're not gonna put them in the communities where people are white or wealthy because it affects your health. Um, and so trash incinerators, for example, are just really disproportionately placed. And that's just something, another thing I'm really passionate about, you know, that's just, it's not right, you know? Um, and then I also feel like these discussions about trash incinerator placement or um, more eco-friendly ways of uh, electricity and power, I also think that BIPOC should be part of those conversations. And historically, we really haven't been, and people have kind of been making those decisions for us, but, um, especially when they really impact our own communities. Um, and so I just really think that we should be part of that conversation. And so I'm just using my platform, my Nikisa Naturals platform, to advocate for a lot of those things, both environmentally, socially, and just it's intersectional overall, but yeah. Wow, that was awesome. Very deep. Well, not awesome that it's happening because that's awful, but <laughs> uh, thank you for explaining that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people did not make that, draw those lines together from point A to point B. So thank you. Yeah. So tell me about some of the containers of your products because clearly they're like sustainable. Yeah. So I'm so, it's still a very small business. So the one thing that I really try to be is as transparent as possible. My business is definitely not 100% sustainable yet. Um, I'm really hoping to get there as I expand and gain more capital that I can reinvest back into my business. Um, but one thing I know is that most plastics aren't really recyclable or they have a specific lifespan on how long they can be recycled. Um, and so most of, nearly all of my products are either aluminum or glass, which is a lot e easier to be recycled. Um, and then as and as I was like phasing those in, I would make sure to tell my customers, here's what's happening. Here is what is sustainable within my business. Here what isn't sustainable yet in my business, but here's what I'm doing to make it sustainable. Also, um, for shipping, the boxes are compostable, the shipping bags are compostable, the info card that tells you what's compostable is compostable. <laughs> um, I use, um, I either reuse tissue paper from like Christmas parties, because otherwise that just gets thrown away. So I keep it and I reuse it for shipping or I also or I use tissue paper that's made from 100% recyclable products. Um, what else do I use? And then I also use like organza bags, like little jewelry bags. And I asked people, well, you can use these. They're super cute. There's so many other uses for them. Um, and then everything, everything that I use in my business, like ingredients, 
packaging products are all sourced from other small businesses because I also think that's really important if you want to promote social sustainability and economic sustainability to support your other small business owners and creators. Um, and so that's something that I really value at Nikki's Naturals is also supporting other small businesses. So. Great. Well, let's hear about some of the your line, uh, some products you have. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have quite a lot. I started out with lip gloss, um, which was really hard because you can't really find all natural lip gloss like in recipes online. So it took a lot of trial and error. Um, I spent quite a long time just um, researching ingredients and getting comfortable with things like coconut oil, shea butter, what they do when they're combined, how it feels. Um, and so all my, I'm actually wearing it right now. Yep. I don't know if you can see that shot. <laughs> it looks amazing, yeah. <laughs> but the are all natural. You can recognize every single ingredient on the ingredient list, which people love. I also do face serums. I'm really lazy about my skincare. It's really bad. So I wanted something where I could just put it on and go. So I have a face serum for both oily skin, dry skin and combination skin. And you just put like five drops on your face and that's your skincare routine for the night. It's acne control, wrinkle protect prevention, moisturizer, toner, and it has transformed my own skin. People really love that. Um, my best selling product is my eyelash slash eyebrow growth serum. Um, that's really awesome. I overplucked one of my eyebrows once, um, which is why I made it in the first place and it grew back my eyebrow. I no longer have half an eyebrow. Um, and then just like other things like lip balms, body balms. I have lip oils, which are like, um, they're moisturizing, but they give you a little bit of a sheen without the heaviness of a lip gloss. I do bath salts. I do, um, hair oils um, that help with split ends. Um, it helped me grow my hair. I got a really bad haircut a few months ago when it was very choppy. So I've been using that to grow my hair back out. Um, and then I'm coming out within these next few weeks with loose glitter. So I love glitter and all things that sparkle, but glitter is literally just tiny pieces of plastic, which is horrible for the environment. And I don't love putting plastic on my face and on my eyes and my mouth. So um, I'm gonna be turning the biodegradable glitter that I use in my lip glosses just into little, um, just gonna be making loose glitter so people can use that on with their makeup and things with primer. And I'm also going to be releasing a glitter gel. Um, so it has like, it's made with aloe vera gel and um, agar agar powder. And it's just like, it's like a body gel really. I don't know if you ever heard of unicorn snot, but it's kind of like <laughs> It's, except it's all natural and it's also really moisturizing um, because of the amazing ingredients in it. <laughs> so it's like a two for one. Yeah. So, um, so what again is the glitter made of? So the glitter, all of the glitter I use is plant-based. Um, there's a different, there's several different ways to use it. It kind of depends on which company you get it from. But because it's plant-based, it's 100% biodegradable. It won't 
end up in the ocean, you can put in your backyard and fertilize your plants. And also if you eat it, it's okay. You know, you're not eating little bits of plastic, um, which I think is awesome. Right, yeah. Um, so right now you list a lot of products. Um, <laughs> no, it's pretty extensive. You cover the body from hair, follicle to toe. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I've had batches of lip gloss explode in my face. So it's never, I'm not perfect at what I do, but I work really hard and I'm working really hard to become as close to perfect as possible. Um, but yeah, I definitely have been, I really try to keep my, um, just my line of products just diverse and expansive so that people can, you know, replace their unsustainable brands that they would typically go to with Nikes and Naturals and shop while, without having to feel guilty about it. Yeah. It seems like your products would also be safe for a variety of different ethnicities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, different ethnicities, ages, skin types. Uh, my little sister is a performer. She dances, and naturally she has to wear a lot of makeup. Um, and so I was like, that's okay, but why not makeup that's safe for your little itty baby skin, <laughs> you know? Um, so just like even things like that, just like cosmetics that are safe for kids, and if they eat it, they're not eating bits of plastic or anything that's going to hurt them. It's technically my products, they're everything's technically don't eat it because they're not meant to be eating, eaten, but they are edible just because I use completely all natural and organic ingredients. Um, and that's feel very good. It feels good to say that. <laughs> I'm proud of you know what I do. Great. Um, have you mostly been doing online sales, or do you have a brick and mortar area? Um, before the pandemic, I would do pop-up shops and craft fairs occasionally, um, especially in New York where I go to school and um, at my college. Um, a lot of different clubs have been super, super supportive, and they'd be like, "Hey, Nikisa, we're having this event. You should sell your products." Um, and then. Before it got cold, I did a couple craft fairs in Belgrade Lakes, um, mm. and I do really prefer like being there in person just because I love interacting with people and really telling them about my products and answering questions, um, but other than that, I'm typically all online on my website. Great. So is your family still based in the Waterville area? I have family in Waterville. My parents actually, they live in Virginia, um, but my grandfather and I live in Belgrade Lakes, um, and that's where I everything's made, right in Belgrade Lakes. Um, so, yeah. Great. Nice. Um, so, one of your products, do you have anything that is good for cuticles? I feel like my cuticles are dry, and then... <laughs> I'm like constant hand sanitizer all the time and yeah. So. Oh, I'm struggling with that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Especially especially with the cold winter. I actually have a cuticle oil. Um, it has really great reviews. My mom's nail tech told her her cuticles had never looked better. So I would actually suggest it. I use it religiously. I probably use it multiple times a day because I'm very um, I. I care about my manicure a lot, um, so I want my cuticles to look nice. So, 
yeah, you can try my cuticle oil. Um, that's really awesome. Also, the body balm is super moisturizing, um, for especially for like in the winter. My skin gets really dry. I, I have oily skin on my face, but everything else is really dry. So I use the body balm on like my elbows and my ankles and stuff because um, it's really, really moisturizing. But a little goes a long way. So I would also suggest that for the cold months. And they are coming, if not already here. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised it hasn't snowed already. In New York? I'm in Maine. I'm in Maine. Oh, okay. Um, some parts did get some snow. It melted, but there was wow. snow a couple weeks ago. It was like, I guess, more western. I'm right for stick. I like uh, sledding. Oh, I didn't know adults still sledded. <laughs> um, most don't, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, you go really fast. I think <laughs> sledding you can pick up some speed. It's kind of dangerous. <laughs> yeah. What other uh, winter activities do you have? Um, honestly, that's not it. I've never been skiing or snowboarding or anything despite living in Maine. Um, I hope to try one day, but we'll see. <laughs> I like uh, snowshoeing. It's safe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's a real slow speed. <laughs> Great. Um, you know, I know a lot of people are doing care products for dogs as well. Is that something that you see your natural line going to? I have not heard of that before. Um, I'll have to look into it. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. It's more like for like natural like tea or a tick or flea medicine that type and then there's the paw because um if you're out walking your dog and there's been salt on the streets and such you put like paw protectant on them so like there's usually something to rub their feet on like a, a bomb that's interesting yeah. i have a dog so yeah well yeah people like spending money on dogs they really do <laughs> yeah <laughs> so oh, great um, so you've been doing this for a year. You have a slew of products. Um, you've been going to craft fairs. What do you see is like your next like frontier? It's, I don't know. It's hard. I had, you know, of course, so many plans before the pandemic started, um, just for ex expansion and just like photo shoots that I wanted to do because I love doing photo shoots and putting my cosmetics on, on models and all different types of people and oh, I love it. Um, but of course I can't do any of that right now. So it's, um, it's definitely been weird trying to work around this. Um, but also a lot more people are ordering things online right now. So my business has been able to profit off of that. Um, but I think I'm really just taking it one step at a time. Um, I've been looking into grants and stuff to, um, help finance my business, um, but I'm kind of taking it slow and kind of just seeing how this pandemic is going to play out, and then we're going to, we're going to take it from there and see, yeah. But, um, right now I think just my biggest focus is the new products that I want to release, um, and then also 
I'm always very focused on how can I make my business more sustainable? How can I replace this packaging with something that's better? Um, and that's, you know, if you follow my Instagram, I always keep my customers updated on that and what I'm doing and like goals for that. Um, because I just think that's really important because, you know, greenwashing is pretty big in the beauty industry. Um, and so I really value transparency. I know that my customers really value transparency and have respect for me because I'm very against greenwashing. And if I'm not fully sustainable about something, I'm going to let people know. Because yeah. people should know how they're spending their money. You know? What is greenwashing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, good question. Greenwashing is basically when you make it seem like your business or product is more eco-friendly than it actually is. Um, and so that can just be by like uh, misleading labeling or advertising. Um, so why I try to be so transparent is because I never want to be accused of greenwashing and I also don't want to do greenwashing. Um, so like for example, when I first started out, my um, most of my containers were actually plastic, um, and I started my business with a hundred dollars in my pocket, so I couldn't afford. Um, I couldn't really afford the glass containers and the aluminum quite yet, um, and so I told my customers, so. These are my, what my containers look like now. Within so-and-so months, I want all these containers to be glass, or I want all these containers to be aluminum. Um, and so people feel more comfortable, you know, investing their money into a company if they know there's going to be a good outcome. So they know, okay, well, this isn't fully sustainable yet, but if I buy from her, she can reach that goal. And even now, like, my lip gloss containers, they're, they're still plastic. Um, and I'm really, really hoping, this is kind of a long-term goal of mine, um, but there's just so many types of really creative, sustainable packaging, but it's really expensive. That's the world we live in right now. Um, and another, you know, um, my products are pretty cheap for all natural um, products. And people always tell me, you should put up your prices. It's so cheap. You're not going to make any money off of this. But I am making money. And I also don't think that all natural eco-friendly products should just be for the wealthy or privileged. That just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I think everyone should be able to use all natural products that are good for the environment and their skin, no matter how much money they make um, or how wealthy they are. Um, but anyways, I was getting sidetracked. Um, so yeah, I just really focus on transparency, um, and so um, and so like, and also my packaging was not as sustainable as it was now because again, I had to make money to afford it. So before I was shipping like my um, bags in those bubble mailers, but they're lined with bubble wrap, which is plastic. And eventually, when I and I told people, so this part of my business is sustainable. This isn't sustainable yet. This is what I'm gonna do to fix that. And now I have all com compostable mailing, um, and all compostable mailers, and all the info cards in my, uh, sh uh, all the info cards in my packages are compostable, and that's really awesome. So. Overall, just greenwashing is just making something seem way more eco-friendly than it is. And so that's why I think it's really, really important for anyone who 
uh, sells eco-friendly products or is focused on sustainability to maintain that transparency among their customers. Because um, I think even if, as long as you're trying, people are going to recognize that and people are going to support you for trying and showing them the results from that effort. I that makes sense. But. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you for explaining greenwashing. I'm on like a tangent, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, but then you your tangent explored how things that are supposed to be the best always have to be so expensive, and you don't think that's the case, which is great. So, mm-hmm. great. And you also went over what your frontier is to keep making it sustainable. So, changing out the product, packaging when appropriate, and that's great. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for educating me on a lot of topics and telling me about your amazing products. Um, how can people reach you? What's the plug? Yeah, um, so I have a website. It's nakisanaturals.com, www.nakisanaturals.com. And Nakisa is spelled N-A-K-E-Y-S-A naturals.com um i'm also on instagram which is it's the same thing nikisa naturals i'm also on facebook also nikisa naturals um and so you can find me through there um if people ever have questions or anything um it's very easy to dm me on instagram and i always reply super quick i also reply to all um emails and everything so i'm really easy to reach because um, sometimes also people are allergic to a certain ingredient or scent and I will do um, like custom uh, products for people just because I want to, you know, appeal to those allergies or preferences. Um, and it's super easy to do that as a, as a small business. Thank you for listening to In the Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards, and our guest today, owner of Nikiza Naturals. You're listening to WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio.